Tell me, did you mean to come at me that way? Hope not, maybe it was a mistake. Stress out and you need to take a break from this relationship. Oh, I, I thought I was your everything, your dime. Why can't you just make up your mind? Cause I don't wanna wonder in this time. Are you gonna stay with me? So do you wanna give up? Are you gonna let my love go? Baby, think it over. Maybe you would have my heart. If you really want to. If you do, then guess I didn't love me. Hey, love me. Uh oh. Singing the wrong words. Singing the wrong words. But you got the gist. For those of you that don't know, why don't you know that that was Terry Walker? Again, why don't you know you need to get to know Terry Walker? UK Fridays. Four albums deep now. The first two albums are played back to back to back to back to back over and over again. What was the other song in that? I met this next guy in a freaky club. Do, do, do. Up on the dance floor, they're shaking his stuff. Do, do, do. He had a chemistry I couldn't play. We hung out for a while. No, that's not it. Mm. Who can remember? Who can remember lyrics? I'll find out. I'll let you know. I met this next guy in a freaky club. All on the dance floor, they're shaking his stuff. We had a chemistry I could have placed. We hung up for a while. No, that's the wrong. The way he smiled was kind of sexy though. But he had no rhythm. A piece of sheet that's no go. So, oh, yes. That's the lyrics there. <laughs> it took me a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew she was basically saying it had no rhythm, so she ain't gonna bang that. Yeah, but it took me a while to get there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Front Room. My name is Sebastian, and for those of you that don't know, The Front Room is for best. The Front Room is a place where we recommend different form of media, be it social media, or traditional media that will give you a little bit of joy. Um, I'm recording this, and I didn't actually think I was going to ma- make an episode this week, but I'm recording this in a state of frustration, anger and tiredness. I can't really sleep at the moment. I've got a lot of things on my mind, and it's just a random bag going around my head head that I thought you know what let's make a podcast this week and actually get it out of my head so I'm sorry that it's a little bit late because it wasn't intended to be here I was planning to record on Saturday and Sunday with the guys from the 802 and do another um sex episode but unfortunately that fell through and um, you know price of tickets and such is life Um, in the meantime um, what did I do I went out and got my ratchet life for once um i will actually gonna post a video on from this weekend of me being a proper skank hoe on the pole like it was black girl wasted 
yeah, because it wasn't white guy wasted. There was a little bit more seasoning than that, but it was, I was a mess. So, yes, and it's really, I don't like drinking that much. I'm drinking more now than I ever have done in a, in a long, long time. And that's because I can't go out and dance anywhere. And I get frustrated that I can't go out and dance anywhere. And I hear me's going to have to sit down in my chair like a good little boy and sit on my hands like I don't have any rhythm in my hips or myself. And it got to the point this weekend where I literally just was like, this is probably the one good song that I'm going to hear all night. And I'm fucking dancing. I don't really give a shit. So come and take me away, take me away. The liberation of my soul needs me to get up and move my feet. I'm really sorry, take me away. Like, we have become a tyrannical society of people with dead hips and unseasoned food. So they don't really understand the suppression that is the blackness that means that I need to move. I need rhythm, I need life and energy, I have a heartbeat and my soul moves to it, I don't understand why people that were born and created out of rhythm and rhythmic activity must sit down at tables and discuss. What is there to discuss? You're not listening to the shit I say anyway because I'm drunk and I've fucking heard your stories because we had 14 weeks of COVID and lockdown and that kind of bag of shit. But anyway, such is life. So first recommendation for today is a film, like an absolute classic. Yeah, you shouldn't need to be recommended to this film, but it appeared on my Disney Plus list because they decided to make a black lead section, I guess, to match with Netflix. <sighs> um, I'm sighing because the very fact that they made such a thing is a sign of how shit the level of black images, leads, black people at the forum for at Disney Plus is, it's absolutely shocking. For when they, this list can include the diabolical form, diabolical form, diabolical film that is Cool Runnings. Like cool Runnings, for those of you that don't know, is a film about the Jamaican bobsleigh team, which also includes the worst Jamaican accents you will ever hear in your life, period. Hands down, the absolute worst. It's the movie may be good, yeah, but for the, the sheer fact that RuPaul does a better Jamaican accent in Adrian McQueen than any of these motherfuckers do throughout the whole of the film, the film is trash and therefore should be buried buried deep and the very fact that Disney Plus are highlighting this as something that black people should go and watch. It's the same as there's a film called Concussion with Will Smith doing a really bad Nigerian accent. It's on that level of rubbish. Yeah. And you notice that you can never really find that film anywhere in life. It doesn't even come on BBC One like at 3 o'clock in the morning when you, on the days where they know that everybody's going to be trashed so they can just watch it anyway. Nope, it does not. Speaking of Will Smith in film, 
Um, when is the last time anybody has seen six degrees of separation? That's a recommendation. Actually, I should make it official. I'll put it up on the Facebook page, the Instagram page. Yep. Six degrees of separation in, in which we'll play place a bisexual hustler in New York that uses his body and his intelligence to get what he wants. I'm here for it. He also sleeps with Heavier Locklear. Is it Heavier Locklear or Heather Graham? It's Heather Graham. Yes, it's definitely Heather Graham. Like, it's one of those films where Donald Sutherland's in it and someone else, Rizzo from Fame. Stockard Channing, that's the one. It's a really good film, though. It's a really, really good film. And now it's time for um, recommendations. And now it's been a while since I did a proper format. And we're like, mm, Joe So my first actual recommendation for this week is Sister Act, the movie, which is on Disney+. Plus. Now, I started to watch this movie when I should have been getting my washing out of the dryer. But you know what? I needed it. It ref- If you watch that movie, yeah, within the first 20 minutes of that movie, there are more quality scenes than in a lot of all the shit that I watched over the next lockdown. Like, literally, Whoopi Goldberg is on fire in that movie, where she opens it up and she's there with the two other black women and they're doing the Las Vegas showgirl routines. The small little expressions, the hand gestures, like, it's just amazing. Okay, so my second recommendation for today is a small little thing also on Disney Plus called um, Blackie's Gang. Now, I watched this about three times, I think. And the first two times I fell asleep because I was tired and I was trying to watch it on my small screen. But then I just decided that I was going to wait and I was going to wait and I was going to wait and I was going to wait till I got my new TV and I was in the house and it was a Sunday and it was raining outside and I was a little bit hungover and I was just going to let Her Royal Highness herself, Beyonce, just give me a little bit of her life. (sighs) Now in the meantime of me waiting... Every black queen in the world watched Black is King and decided it was the greatest thing ever. And then the Christians watched Black is King and decided that Beyonce is now Beelzebub. She is the devil bride. Yeah, she has come to not slay, but to slay ourselves all and to steal our souls and take us to the next realm and bury us in damnation. Why? Because she dares to dress up as a traditional African goddess. It's one of those things with... Oh, my God. Now, I am unapologetically black. Yeah, I don't have time for pretending that... 
me being black is not the one of the best things about me as a person. It don't, I don't have time to pretend that me being black is not a part of my upbringing and my foundation and changed my outlook in life and changed my experiences. I grew up in Bermondsey at a time when the NF were running riots in the streets where I couldn't get a bus, the P11, another 381, to my house because I would have been the only black person on that bus and therefore I would have been a target to all the racists. I couldn't play football outside because <laughs> the racists would want to come and take over the football pitch. I couldn't leave the buildings and estates and the the site eyeline for of my mother from the window because of the rampant racism that existed in 80s, 90s, Burmese. And yeah, you can redevelop it and you can take down the industrial buildings and you can put a brand spanking Jubilee Line station there and you can clean up South Burmese Station and you can put a um, cycle path there, which is very nice, actually. It's a really nice pathway. But it doesn't change the fact that growing up there kind of scars you and it also makes you understand that there isn't any escaping your blackness. You are who you are. But it also means... I have a family that taught me that my blackness is not something that I escape, it's not something that I embrace, and it's not something that can be challenged. It just has to be accepted because it is what it is. And that's not accepted by me, that's accepted by the wider society that I'm not a threat, I'm not a danger, that I am whole in my uniqueness, that I am ready to be creative and passionate and a force of love and understanding and brilliance. So when I watch this film, I say, good on you, Beyonce, because what she's trying to do is leave a media legacy that doesn't just sit within the realms of what people think is acceptable for her. It's one of these weird things with lighter-skinned celebrities that we understand that they get access to spaces because they are closer to whiteness. But when one of them chooses to say to the white people, I'm unapologetically black. The backlash is never from white people, it's always from black people, telling them that it's not suitable for them to be as black as they are. Which I find really weird and strange and ultimately dangerous because white people just see black. It's black people that put colorism on top of colorism, on top of colorism, on top of racism. Like some weird kind of disinvited Sunday that you're serving with a cherry on top that is pure hatred wrapped up in Christianity. Because all you Jesus bashers, all you Bible people, all you people that are saying that to 
invoke images of African heritage is to be a heretic. Fuck you. Like, seriously? Like, read your Bible, find something better to do. Like, you constantly walk around with images of God on you when you shouldn't do. You wear jewelry when you shouldn't do. You wear nothing. Not very funny. You know what I mean? We're meant to be walking around with two different fibres. Cloths were made with two different fibres. So that means that the lace front that you're wearing to church, you need to drag it off your head because that's unchristian in itself. Take off your wee bitch and then come to me and say anything. That's how I feel about it. Yeah? Cool. But let's not say that this is a masterpiece. Let's not just say that it is clear in its undercurrent, it's clear in its purpose, it's clear in its understanding of what its mission is, and that is to celebrate African heritage, to celebrate blackness, to let people understand that no matter where you are in the diaspora, we are all black and we all have a form and a joy and a form of celebration that we understand that doesn't need words. That said, Beyonce can't carry an emotional narrative and it's very apparent. And when I say she can't carry an emotional narrative, I mean that it's clear that the video or film has been done in different stages, different placements, different time periods. And when you look at her, she's always in that particular moment. But there isn't a link back to an emotional link when she's on screen back to what's happened in the past and the narrative, the overall narrative. And that's weird to say, but when you watch her, you understand what I mean. That some people, for example, Viola Davis, you can watch her in a particular scene, in a particular moment, and you understand where she is not just in that particular moment, but in the history of the characters that she's playing, whereas Beyonce doesn't have that skill. She performs through its... She performs in the moment. She gives energy to the performance in the moment. She takes you in that moment to another place, but she doesn't... She does. She imbues you with energy without imbuing you with an emotional narrative. There's no story in that moment. You feel the different moments on screen and on camera. <laughs> but what you're not getting is an overall arc or sense of the character development, or sense of history in the individual moments that you're seeing on screen. And so when you watch the film as a whole, it seems a little bit disjointed because you're getting a moment here, a moment there, a moment here, a moment there, but you're not getting a complete story or narrative. So we were sitting and having a conversation at a table this weekend and one of the guys at the table is a younger gay guy and he was like saying he's having a party and he's doing basically a fancy dress out because you know 
we do love a fancy dress up party yeah what well, i do anyway i got a box full of stuff underneath the bed that needs to be worn at some point and my body gets better we'll be pulling out more and more looks for you and dashing them on the internet so you can see anyway so <laughs> there's a specific theme for this party which is around superheroes and comic books and doing like slutty versions of again gays yeah I'm not going to explain it. All I'm going to say is gays. So doing slightlier versions of like um, kids, comic book characters and um, fantasy characters and superheroes and like stuff of childhood and legend and stuff like that. So I was like, he was like, oh, someone said that they wanted to be Catwoman and he mentioned Halleberry. No. Just so everybody knows, yeah, just so that there's no debate here. Anyway, there is only two people that I would class as Catwoman when it comes to a visual medium or a visual medial reputation of the comic book, and that is Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns, which is still, hands down, to this day, the best comic book movie ever made. Come for me. And what? You're never going to change my mind. Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman in that movie is sickening. Outfit, stitching on the outfit, movement. The shape of her mouth as she's talking, the fact that she gets slightly whiter and not whiter in a Karen kind of way, but her change in her visuals as she becomes more of a cut woman, and you understand that her being cut woman is, is like a drug to her. Yeah, it's pushing her boundaries, it's making her open up in ways that she didn't think it will feel it's allowing her an emotional outrage but it doesn't mean that it's good for her or something that she should be doing long term just means that you know someone tried to kill you and you're holding a grudge so revenge and all that she's the spirit of revenge in the movie and it's quite revenge without forgiveness as well which is quite refreshing especially for a kids movie well, kids, I kind of rate it as a kids movie now, but you know, back in the day, I'm sure it was at least of a PG-13. Yeah, and the second person, yeah, and the most historically important Catwoman that there ever will be is Eartha Kit. Now, say you what you want about Eartha Kit. That woman endured. You know, everybody should go out and find out for Kit's life story. I'm going to have to recommend it one week. But go and find out about it for Kit. Put in your Google. Go see some of the things that this woman had to go through. Being blacklisted by the CIA. Standing up for people during the Vietnam War. Being disowned by her own mother because of the colour of her skin. Yeah, growing up in New York. Yeah, thinking that she was out of poverty and then getting beaten solidly by a 
the relative of the family, an auntie, she endured. And the pain and the experience is there on the screen when she is being sassy and irreverent and immoral and overly sexualized but completely in charge with her sexuality at the same time. And remember, this is the 1960s. She's a black woman on the screen. So my last recommendation for this week is called, um, is an Instagram page, yes? And it's the House of Yes NYC Instagram page. And the reason why I'm selecting this this week is because they have a sketch on their Instagram videos and the Instagram lives or the Instagram feeds on the longer videos called the Karen Whisperer. I ain't down for no Karen shit. Them kind of white people, like... How can I put this nicely? When you come out as gay and you're a man of a certain size and shape, you instantly meet a lot of Karens because it's the first time for a lot of these straight white women that they in- encounter a black man that has no use for them whatsoever. You can flick your hair. You can lean to the side. You can open and close your legs on the tube. You can see if I'm looking and turn to the side and look around. <laughs> yeah. You can move your back from one side to the other. I really don't give a shit. You know why? Because I have no use for you whatsoever. That being said, once they realise the thing, they get really angry and overly aggressive. Yeah. And when I come and do things like stroke your arm, don't fucking touch me, bitch. Get your hands away so you'll know like i do how sometimes you just wish you had a caring whisperer or the gay best friend to check his faggot come see come sir anyway yeah so the caring whisperer on the instagram check it out enjoy it's really really funny Okay, we need to talk as black people as a united group. We need to talk about how we hold black men accountable for their actions. And this has been a theme previously on the podcast. And now it's showing itself up again in the form of the Tory Lanes Megan Stallion. Um, controversy Now you will notice that I haven't talked about this In I think about three or four weeks Since the initial report happened And the reason why I didn't talk about it f- From the jump yeah, Is because even though the news was reporting about it Even though we found out that Megan got shot And it wasn't glass in her foot yeah, Megan herself didn't say Who shot her didn't talk about the circumstances that happened in the car. She didn't talk about the people that was in the car. She didn't say anything, yeah? Megan just went on being fabulous. Now, I have to say, yeah, that I love Megan Lestanian. From the first time I heard one of her lyrics in the first song, I think it was... I'm not even going to say what it was because it's too nasty for me to say it on the work radio. But I saw her, and then I was like, I need to find out who this girl is. And then 
I saw an interview with her on The Breakfast Club, like, three or four months later after hearing the first song I heard from her. And I was just like, this girl is amazing. She's different, and she's refreshing, and she's intelligent, and she's bright. But most of all, because of certain female uh, rap stars at the time, we had Cardi B, and we had Nicki Minaj, and they, it was just after they had the ball at the Met Gala, and... It was just like, why are these women arguing with each other when if it were black men, they would just be doing the ones and twos for the social media and then bringing out a song and making an album together and getting their piece, yeah? And I was just like, oh, I can't deal with this female or female beef, especially when there are so few black females MC actually getting their proper props. I'm not saying there's black, few black female MCs. I'm saying there's few black female MCs getting their proper props. Yeah, we're probably gonna have to do a rundown of really good uh, female rappers for you to listen to one day in this podcast. Yeah, I will get other people involved so they can make their picks as well. We're not gonna include Exilia Banks, just so you know. Yeah, she's the Kanye West of black female rappers. Just saying, and then. It's just to watch her star rise and to watch someone become a star for the first time in a long while, a black woman of dark skin is actually becoming a star. And it's a nice thing to see that she's building on each success. And every time she's had a setback, when her mum died, I thought, you know what? She's going to go off the rails. Yeah, she's going to deal with the pain in the worst way. But... She just seemed to say, no, I've got a level of work here. I've got a foundation around me. There's, I know the plan of trajectory of what I want to do. And she just kept on going. She did the legendary uh, judging, yeah, wherever you think of that. We spoke about that before. She's had the EPs out. She's dealt with getting out of the original contract that she's had, which basically made her a slave, yeah. And she's on a bright trajectory. She has a bright future ahead of her. And then this happens. And a lot of people were chatting. They were chatting, they were chatting, they were chatting, they were chatting. And I was just like, you know what? And then if you listen to the 802, which I've recommended before, Dan on the 802 went ham. And I was just like, okay, cool. So I don't really have to talk about this subject because if you probably listened to me, you probably listened to them and you would have heard Dan spit fire on the microphone enough. And I don't have to talk about it because basically he said everything I wanted to say a lot more eloquently than I could have done and without swearing as much. But then I was just like, okay. When I saw Megan's Instagram and she was explaining... From her, her, her point of view, the reason, one, why she hasn't said anything, two, why she's speaking now, three, the actions of some people in different camps, the, four, the, the way that people were laughing at her pain, and five, the overall situation and how the fact that she can't, as a black woman, go and report what has happened to her at the time, to the police, and feel safe. There's, there's 
so much wrong with Megan going on Instagram Live and talking about her story. There's so much wrong in the story. But if we just stick to two things, the relationship between black women and black men and the relationship between black men, black women and the police, like in that one story, you have so many different factors spilling out, yeah, that mean that black women, black people that present as female, black trans women are in danger when we speak out, when they talk, yeah, anyone that isn't a cis black man, anyone on the queer spectrum, anyone that presents as female is in danger when we talk out about the actions of black men and it's disgusting that Megan is injured and in order to protect herself she has to protect the person that injured her because you're not treating her as an injured person you're not treating her as a victim you are treating her as a thug and a bitch and some drug dealing hoe because she is a hip black woman and she does hip-hop. I don't gonna care how you twerk. I don't care what pole you work on. Because white women twerk as well. Yeah. They might not twerk to the rhythm. But they twerk to the lyrics. And it's all the body still moving. Yes? Cool. They might make it overcomplicated and add in hands movements that they don't need to. But the body is still moving. Yeah? They're still earning their pee from moving their asses. Yeah? So why is it that you treated Megan Thee Stallion so different? Like, why is it that you were so aggressive to a woman that is injured? Why is it that you didn't have police officers that were there, there for, that could deal with one domestic violence, two that could deal with a woman that is clearly in pain? Yeah, because we all know that she's in in the bereavement at the moment. Yeah, it takes a while for her to recover from that. Why wasn't it? Like, she is a visible name in in America, yeah? She has been for at least a year, yeah? She's been on the cover of Rolling Stone. She's been on the cover of most magazines out there. She has been interviewed constantly across most media. And she's not just a specific genre artist. Megan Lestania is a crossover artist. She's one of the few black crossover artists to come out in the last three years let's be real yeah let's be real so when she reports that the police are talking to her smack where is that coming from where is that coming from yeah it's coming from the fact that she's black very simple yeah when she reports that she has to Tell the police, yeah, that she stepped on glass. Now, I can shoot, yeah. I know what glass looks like. I know what a gunshot looks like. And they are very two different things, yeah. Very two different things. There's no way you look at a gunshot wound, even if it's clipped the side of her heels, even if it's gone through it, something else. There's no way you look at a gunshot wound and think, oh yeah, that's broken glass. And the fact that he didn't just shoot her once, he shot her twice. Yeah? And the fact that any man 
Any man thinks he has the right to shoot a black woman for any reason whatsoever, and for any reason whatsoever, is beyond me. And then the level of disgusting things that I've seen on the internet. One calling Megan Stallion a snitch. I had to come off Twitter this week because I just couldn't. You know. Within the memes and the penises of straight men trying to get gay men to follow them on their OnlyFans pages, and the asshole pics from the bottoms in America because you're on quarantine and you haven't had dick, like, cha. And then in amongst all that shit was just this hatred for a woman telling her story from her perspective. Not trying to be a victim, trying to be a survivor and take control of her narrative. And the only reason she said she was speaking out was because Tory Lane's people were there chatting shit about her behind her back. Now, if you are rolling with Tory Lane's, yeah, and you know what he's done, you tell that boy to shut up, sit down, and you put him. See, this is the difference, yeah? If Tory Lanez was Justin Bieber, you know what they would have done, yeah? They would have taken his ass to a rehab clinic. They would have stuck him in rehab. They would have told the world how sorry he was for what's happened to him and that he will never do it again, blah, 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 blah. But because he's black, he's just out here on the street, yeah? Dep on road, it's okay that you shot a black girl because no one cares what you've done, yeah? No one cares that because the victim is black. The police don't care. Yeah, the society at wide work here. Black people don't even care because they're blaming the victim. Oh, she must have said something. What did she do to make him hit? Uh, why is it? And this is not just black men. This is the same Christian Tammy Winnett looking motherfucking women with their bad weave and their short hair, crop tops, and their Sunday shoes that are flat. When the hill should be high, and the big hats, and the gold teeth, and the long nails, yeah, that look like strippers, but because they put on a hat and lean it to one side and say praise God when they're shaking their fan, they think they're Christian. Fuck that shit. They're all over the internet chatting rubbish. Chatting rubbish, yeah? And I'm just like, why are we doing this? Why are we not all just saying, I'm really sorry that such a bad thing happens to you at a time where you're clearly in pain. I'm really sorry that no one is not there to reach out to you and show you kindness. I'm really sorry that you felt unsafe in that situation. I'm really sorry that you felt like you couldn't go to the appropriate authorities and tell them exactly what happened to you because there were helicopters over heads and you are black and you are in danger. I'm sorry this has happened to you. I want to make it better. Tell me your story and tell me how we can help you heal as a person. Yeah? Why haven't we said that universally, without question? Why haven't we said that? Stop going to different rappers. Stop going to different old black men asking their opinion on this woman's status. Why? Why Why are you saying anything? Like... Why are you not just saying to Megan, I'm sorry that you're in pain. 
what can I do to help you? That's what we should be saying, but the internet is not saying that. Yeah, it's. I think it's probably the second most disappointing thing that I've seen online. Because the lack of compassion, the lack of compassion for her humanity, the lack of compassion for her femininity, the lack of compassion for her in that situation where she was in danger. Like, she's in a car with four, three other people and she's got shot. And you don't have any compassion for her situation. What the fuck, man? What the actual fuck? It's disgusting. And to see her on Instagram Live talking about her pain, like the level of pain that was coming through the TV or the computer or the laptop or the phone when she was speaking, it touched me in a way that hasn't touched me in a while. I don't understand how you could leave her so vulnerable. And and then compound her vulnerability by just making memes of her pain and not realising that at the end of the day, she's not just a product, she's not just a songwriter, she's not just an artist, she's an actual person. And her art may not be what you decide to be classical, it may not be what you decide to be appropriate, but her art comes from, doesn't come from a vacuum, it doesn't come from a vacuum. It comes from experience and it comes from pain. And she has been put in a position of trauma. Why the fuck are you not trying to help her? The only person that I've seen like riding hard for Megan is Kalani. When Kalani took said, nope, skit, skit. That bitch is off. Well, I'm talking about that bitch. I'm talking about Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez is off my records. Yeah, Tory Lanez is off my record. Guan Kalani, like I like I like three songs out of you, but after this week, I'll be I will go deep dive into everything you've ever put out so that I can sing the lyrics back to your songs because you need support. Like it's you know what troubles me about it as well because I am. Like we've established last week, I feel like so many things of this year have been repeating from previous things because we haven't learned our lessons as black people. We just haven't. And it's the reaction that Megan got with Tory Lanez. I see similarities in the same reaction that Rihanna got with Chris Brown. Yeah, and yeah, it is different because there's a relationship involved, and there is two people that Tory Lanez and Megan Stanley. It wasn't that deep. Chris Brown and Rihanna. We all know that it was a relationship. Yeah, but it's not about. It's not about how close the two people are. It's about this black woman is in danger. She's in physical danger. She's in mental danger. Yeah. And no one is supporting her. Yeah. And black people as a community are seeing someone else in pain and just saying, turning your head, looking the other way. That may be understandable because you have pain yourself and you don't have the capacity to be dealing with somebody else's trauma on top of your own. 
But when you're starting to make fun of someone, when you're posting that means, when you're telling me how you ride for the abuser constantly, constantly picking the abuser over the victim, constantly, like, it doesn't matter how you justify what he did. Yeah, he did what he did, and that's under-justifiable. Like, the action itself needs that if you think you are justified you need to go into therapy if you think you made a mistake then you definitely need to go to therapy if you think dealing out of fear or pain or anxiety you need to go into therapy you need to get help you need to be sorted out yeah part of that help means that you saddle up and confess what you've done deal with the consequences and then go and seek medical mental physical metaphysical i don't care what it is go and get some fucking help man like it's ridiculous and it's ridiculous that these same themes these same themes around women's vulnerability and the actions of black men and that we as a society are not helping striving keeping them safe is reoccurring over and over and over again. Where are the killers of Brianna Taylor? Like, where? The list of trans women that have been killed, hurt, stabbed, maimed, over and over again, even in just this summer, this year, is so long that it probably would take me at least 10 minutes to read out on this podcast. Here we are again. We're not learning our lessons as a community. We're not moving forward. Like, even... I know you think it's a stretch, but even if you look at the reaction to how people were treating Gail and Oprah Winfrey over the Kobe Bryant incident, over her just asking questions, over a black woman... They seem trying to take the memory of someone that you hold sacred. It's never... We don't respect black women. We, we ask them to do so much and we don't pay them. We don't respect black femininity. That's what it is, yeah? We don't respect it. Whether it's gays not respecting bottom guys, whether it's cis men not respecting cis women, whether it's cis women not respecting trans women, whether it's cis women and cis men not respecting gay men or queer people in the queer spectrum or lesbians, whether it's lesbian women not respecting women that are femme over women that are masculine presenting. We don't respect the feminine energy and we are all culture and the people where the feminine energy runs strong and it doesn't make us weak i can't understand it anymore and it just it keeps on becoming a reoccurring theme if you're masculine and you're masculine presenting and you have masculine energy running through you that protection, that warrior spirit that you're meant to have, that sense of providing a home and being a provider, and how is that not in you? 
Yet, all we see it presenting is masculine violence. It's not a protecting spirit, it's a conquering one. There's a choice that needs to be made. You need to make a choice. Yeah? Who are you? What does it mean? What? Do, no, it's not even that. Who are you? What do you stand for as a person? Who do you ride for as a person? You keep on saying that we're stand, we're stand, we're stand, we're stand. But you ain't standing for nothing. Like, and especially when it's in the quiet of your home and you're typing, typing on a keyboard, just there, throwing slings and arrows at people that are already injured and damaged and in pain. I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah, that's enough for me. Hi, so I'm really sorry that this episode is a little bit later. I've been having trouble with this service that I use. And basically, um, I got asked, you may have noticed that the last two episodes have adverts now. And so Google have decided to, like, boycott my <laughs> podcast and make it harder for it to be distributed on Google. Fuck you, Google. Like... Not like fuck you in a bad way, like um come round, let's put candles on, like let's make love so you understand that I'm a bad bitch and I should be all over your podcast. Yeah. You know. That's enough for me this week. Um you'll get another episode in a couple of days because this is like um, I re I had to re-record uh, the last couple of sections. Um, and also, I keep on getting... Right, so... You keep on coming to tell me in different ways that you like the podcast. If you like the podcast, share it with somebody else. Get my numbers up, especially if they're on Google. Make the demands. Make the demands. Yeah? Send me some ratings on Apple Podcasts. Send it to your queer friends. Send it to your queer enemies. I know you have them. Send it to your frenemies. Send it to your straight people. Yeah. If you want to text me, you can't. <laughs> hey. If you want to email me, you can email me at the front room podcast at gmail.com. If you want to DM me, remember the Instagram page is the front room podcast on Instagram. Go to the pack. I keep it again. You keep on saying to me that oh, you saw what I was posting and you wanted to comment. Just comment. It's there. It's an open forum. Yeah. Unless you're being bad mind and telling me about how I'm gonna burn in hell and that I am the son of Beelzebub, like some people try to do. I, yeah. Yeah. The far right Christians found me. What can you do? Bear in mind, when he asked, did say if I was the son of Beelzebub, I said, no, I'm the son of Victor Eastman. You better back it up. Yeah? Okay. Anyway, my name is Sebastian Edwards. This has been The Front Room. Yeah, and I will see you. You'll hear me next time. Peace and love, people. Peace and love. Uh, and one last thing. If you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, there is a man called Joe Van Hutch. Yeah, he is a comedian and he's a writer in Berlin. He recently had an incident that he has put on his social media pages. So I'm going to put the link in the top of the Instagram page 
So you can find him. I'm also going to put a description in the... I'm also going to put his name in the description of this this episode. Go and find Joe. Go and support Joe. Because the Karens out there are international. And the bitches be wild. Yeah? The bitches be wild.